everybody, check it out. Anchor by Spotify is the easiest way to start a podcast. It has all the tools in one place that you need right from your phone or computer to edit and publish your podcast. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listing platforms such as Spotify, Apple, Amazon, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started now. I'm using it right along with you. Trigger warning. Some people may find topics discussed in this episode difficult. Please proceed with caution. The Frankie Files. If you would like information on cults in the news, please join my new Substack, frankietees.substack.com. The Frankie Files podcast is researched, written, recorded, and edited by me, Frankie Tees. Hey everybody and welcome to episode 21 of The Frankie Files. My guest today was a writer at City Pages in Minneapolis for over 13 years. His 2019 feature, The Legend of Genghis Muscat, led to the discovery of the cult in Alaska that inspired the creation of his website. He loves working with other writers and watching old episodes of Dateline. Siren Warner is a 30-something journalist who was investigating a religious cult which started in Alaska called The Body. He painstakingly interviewed and videoed members of the cult and regular citizens to get the truth of what is going on for several years, a true crime story. And it is ongoing. There are two websites, one with several cult reports and one just on The Body Cult. There are thebodyintl.com and cultstories.com. He is also on TikTok, Reddit, and Twitter as Siren Warner. Siren is spelled S-Y-R-A-N. Warner got a break after over seven years or more of research and postings online to his website, thebodyintl.com, when on his TikTok post about the body cult was picked up by Newsweek May 19, 2022. A video of one of the members being arrested, which he posted on the channel, went viral with 200,000 views and thousands of concerned comments because the video showed a member calling his child property based on the view of sovereign citizenship. The exposure has been a long time coming for Warner, who had an interest to help the children who may be experiencing family separation and sexual abuse. Warner appeared on the popular podcast, Cult Bot Podcast, hosted by Casey out of the UK recently, and I recommend that you find that after listening to this episode to complete the story. It's a long-form podcast, and they really get into the details of this case as well as the case that led him to discover the body. Warner is truly an activist on grassroots level, using his own budget to put together the story on a group who maintains a ghostly public image and has moved from Alaska to Washington and Australia to date. I met Siren on Reddit, April of 2022, in the Reddit R Cults forum in a brief exchange. It's great for me to meet someone who cares about us cult kids. 
And it's a pleasure for me to introduce him to you, my listeners, today. I'd like to introduce you to Siren Warner. How are you, Siren? I'm doing great. Uh, happy to be on your show. Cool. There's so much to unpack here. I did my due diligence with notes. Uh, you worked at a Minnesota brick and mortar weekly before they died, huh? Yeah, I was there for um, just about 13 years. Okay. Uh, in, in some kind of capacity, but uh, that's, I mean, that's where like all my real experience came from. Yeah. Um, you went up through the ranks. Yeah, yeah. I started selling classifieds there and ended up um, with cover stories by the end. Nice. And Genghis Muscock's murder in Alaska led you to the cult. Um, mm -hmm. Stumbling on that cult, obviously, <laughs> I bet you didn't expect all of that to fundamentally change your life. No, I mean, um, that that story sort of like became my world after working on it for, I mean, it was just something that I, I followed for a long time before I really like knew about the cult. I'd been in conversation unknowingly with these people, but um, kind of like in a, an obsession. And then it just like became like, oh, this is just like something I do now, like. This mm -hmm. is the story goes until it's over. So, Siren, let's get right into Newsweek. You're the source on an article about the body, cult, on a Newsweek story, May of 2022. How glad were you to see the story you worked on so hard and so long, a story that you broke as a Newsweek story? I'd like to hear about that and where you got the police video that made headlines. Um, It was kind of cool. It's a, I mean, it's kind of... The, the Newsweek story was was cool, but mm -hmm. there's it's it's um you know it's sort of like soft journalism, I guess. There's it, it was it was cool to get that kind of exposure, but there's there's a lot sort of cooking. Like I mean, I've been mm -hmm. talking to journalists since before that video ever came out, before mm -hmm. the um before that sort of blew up on. On TikTok with the Newsweek article, like it, it was exciting to see it in such a big venue, but it was kind of like soft journalism. And I it was something that I was working with other journalists on, on the story. And, you know, I get I got more excited yesterday when I saw somebody making their like a YouTuber making a video about the body than like nice. a, a journalism story. Like I think like the nice. like the internet is just, is just so, such a crucial part of like how this ever like came out. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, it was exciting. I mean, it was really exciting for like my parents who have mm. known that I've been on this journey to see it in Newsweek, I guess, maybe more than Yes, it's an endorsement. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, mean, I cool. see. But that also, that's a new development. So you got people thinking and looking and occupying the cult. That is fabulous. What about that video? How'd you obtain it? Um, through anything else. I mean, a lot of this story comes through court records. Right. Um, from the, the very beginning, I basically, I had some court records when I first really like the, the story of the body kind of solidified in my mind that it was a real thing. And like a journalist sent me some court audio of these like divorce cases that sort of like unspooled the story in this tiny community in Alaska. Um, 
And those 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 court documents were are super informative. There's still some like the most important stuff that is out there just because of the timing and um, everything that was going on in 2014 and 2015. It was this great schism in the church. And so all those court documents are super important. I knew how to file for court documents. And in the police reports, because I pulled the police reports immediately after I found out these guys were arrested Mm -hmm. and the kids were rescued. Like the very first thing I did the next day was uh, pull the police reports. And in those reports, it states, you know, the cops are all wearing body cams. Yeah. And so I knew that footage was out there and it uh it took a couple weeks to get my hands on it i think well I think done. maybe like a week and a half something like that yeah but i've gotten yeah the i've gotten a few records now from tenasket that are on video well and for those who are listening who might not yet be exposed to any more of this story i'll add that the week of the newsweek article may 19th somewhere around that time a member of the body was stopped and arrested. I believe it was a routine stop in Tenasket, Washington, where they are now. And he addressed his child in the car as property. And it went viral after you published it. Yeah, that was that was really insane. Like, like it, it was so, like, when, when I actually saw the video and sat down and cut it together... Like, I kind of had an idea that, like, this is going to spread on the Internet because it's, it was just so strange. Yeah, he really like, revealed how how funky their views are, how out there they are. Yeah, I mean, it was there was some stuff about him, like the the, the member calling his child property in the police report. I think it's referenced once or twice. But then, yeah. I mean, there he he just repeats it so many times. Yes, he does. Um, and at the end, there's that there's a confrontation with the police officer where the police officer gets frustrated with him and is like, "Your daughter is a human being," and it's just such a great moment mm-hmm. for that police officer that I yeah I mean amen I, yeah he did I mean the the police I don't know how they had so much patience with with them there were two people arrested that night actually mm-hmm. um but they, they did an outstanding job okay well that really pulled the sweater string now um how many members does the body have and we'll get into the the location and history a little bit later but do you know a, a, a general count i don't know i mean something that was like interesting and is that there was an article that just came out this week from Washington, where these people, this group is now, mm-hmm. uh, from the local paper, and they did like a it was somewhat of an interview with me. It was mostly like PR for the cult, and the cult got to like tell their side of the story. And part of their story was that you know we're just six people, and this guy won't leave us alone. <laughs> and I, I just know for a fact that like they're they're just saying like people in the police reports. Like, yeah. oh, it's just these six people because there there are six people who are sort of tied to it. That's not the reality. It is not like some big cult. There's, I mean, I don't know how many mm-hmm. members there are exactly because it's, there's, it's such a secretive thing. But all this has come out and then I found people online. Um, some, I, I was in contact with a member about a month ago who I'd never heard of before. And then they have this sect in Australia and I know these mm-hmm. members. So like, so they say 
there are only six people and I, I know exactly who they're talking about, right? It's, it's more like people who've already been exposed. Okay. <laughs> um, but oh, like gotcha. my, um, gotcha. my Instagram handle, my Twitter handle, or some variation of like free Melissa Parker, which is this woman in the cult who is on this ridiculous chapter of her life in the Australian branch who yeah. left behind six kids in Alaska. <sighs> and, uh, you know, I was, when I read that, I was like, I wonder what Melissa would think of this. I wonder what she would think of them saying there's only six people. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. like I mean, six her are her kids. Wow. Okay. So there's a lot of mystery around it. They've kept that up. Tell us about going back to the roots of this group. I'd like to get into the preacher who was the inspiration for the leader of the body cult, Mark B, who you're calling Mark B. Who was his mentor? Is this a religious Christian belief system? And, uh, you know, what at what point, I believe you said it was 2003 that he started the cult in Alaska. Am I right? Tell us about this little point of conception. So this happens in, in cults sometimes. I mean, the there was a cult called The Way in the from back in the day. It started in Ohio and that, that spawned it was led by this guy, Victor Wire Willie, but he, he spawned all these other like cult leaders who right, right. who broke off. And that's the case with um, the the body where they come from, is that there's this guy, Randy Schenkel, at this church called the Church in Marshall in Marshall, Texas. Damn, and Texas is always <laughs> Texas is so involved in inception of cults, I'm shocked. As I learn more, it's crazy. Okay, Marshall, Texas. Randy. Yeah, so, and this guy Randy is like he's 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 different than than Mark in a lot of ways. He's he's much. I mean, I think he's a lot less dangerous, even though he is mm-hmm. like he is he is a dangerous guy. It's just not as extreme as as what Mark is. Okay, and this guy Randy, like, sort of he he came up with this using like all this Hebrew and all this old biblical stuff that I think is like mm-hmm. intentionally designed to confuse people. And Mark uses that same like circular stuff too. Like a lot of the scripture of the body comes from like, is, is just inspired by this guy, Randy Shankle. Okay. And the funny thing about, about Randy that just blew my mind is I was, I was looking into him and I stumbled upon a YouTube channel and he's got like a ton of these ridiculous YouTube videos where he like put some money into the production. And mm-hmm. I mean, I think they're they're It's like an internet gem that these things exist and that he's, I don't know what, I don't know what he thinks about it, but obviously he's, he's proud of them or something or he would stop making these videos. Uh, <laughs> and that's okay. been, that's been really entertaining is, is going through some of, this these videos of randy where he's he's like canoeing or down a river or he's on a four-wheeler or like he's they're they're just like ridiculous like this guy has Mm -hmm. i don't know he's i got just a megalomaniac of course i mean that's what right right that's what it takes my friend (laughs) Mm -hmm. but uh but what is the what is the uh indoctrination that he gave to mark is it the hebrew mixed with Christianity 
Judaism, yeah. Christianity. It's like this. I mean, there's there's a lot of like things about the body and about church and Marshall that are like Jewish in gotcha. nature. Like they celebrate Pentecost, but they don't celebrate like Christmas and Easter. It's a hybrid. It, it's this, yeah, it's this hybrid that is, I mean, it's always tough to explain that. I'd like and to interject. I, the cult I was in had like three doctrines too. They they make a soup and then they present it as, you know, their version. So it's it's pretty straightforward. I think you're you're right. Uh, you know, they, they just pick and choose what they want. You're listening to The Frankie Files. FrankieFilesPodcast.com Mark writes his own sort of scripture because he has everybody convinced that he's going to be like, you know, the book after he's, he's, he's going to have his own chapter in the Bible or whatever he believes. That, that script that he made, was it called Eloah or something? Um, well, there's Eloah. That is a, it's a word for God. Okay. That is like this ancient word for God that comes up in his scripture. A lot of these really strange concepts come up in his writings and that one was unique because a a member had before I ever saw his his documents, mm-hmm. I there was a member who started a company in uh, or a former member who started this company in Pennsylvania who I was looking into, and the name of the company was Aloha. I was like, well, what oh. is this? And, and then I I looked into it and was like, oh my god, this is like this comes directly from Mark. Like this is a word. That like, nobody uses. You you wouldn't use this unless you like mm-hmm. knew Mark or Randy Shankle or you were like a, a a Bible study. You were studying the Bible at some Christian university or something. Right, right. Okay, got it. Uh, well, the leader Mark B, basically a descendant <laughs> from the teachings. Randy Shankle. Randy Randy Shankle. Okay, so then we've got Mark B. Um, he seems pretty insidious. He's gone about collecting members, and as you mentioned in our pre-chat, their uh, recruiting methods are very, you know, deceptive. He breaks up marriages. He breaks up families. Let's get into this. Let's okay. get into what what he has done. So one of the stories I saw in your documentary was that he broke up a marriage so he could obtain the wife that he wanted mm-hmm. from another guy. Wow. It's pretty direct and aggressive, huh? Yeah, I mean that's. I mean he's he's broken up multiple families because of wow. because of wanting access to women. Got it. Straight up. It's not very Christian, is it? No, it's the it's the opposite of yeah, that's like family values based. Yeah. In any way. Yeah. So okay. So Mark uh, using the scripture to get his own sexual needs fulfilled, basically. In this group, like, Mark is Jesus Christ. Like, if you think about, like, the the way people see him, he is a prophet. He's a living prophet who, like, you don't don't question this guy because this is the word of God to the the members. And that's, like, where his, his power comes from. Yeah. And why he's able to do this kind of stuff, but but yeah, we can talk about the the things that he is is doing, has done, I guess. Well, he's a charismatic leader, then. Yes, absolutely. Got it. And that is a that's listed as like a type of church, charismatic leader. 
Mm-hmm. In my studies, I've been finding out. So, okay, got it. So he convinces them to do things. I'm going to talk about that a little more later. I want to go to um, next. So we talked about the leader. Now, your one of your initial points of contact was with Katie with a C. You were investigating the murder in Alaska, and then you linked up with her as a journalist. Am I right? Yeah, I linked up with her as a journalist, and she she was a source in yeah. this story and that I was working on about the, the murder of Genghis Moskox. Yeah. And I knew she was doing something not not great, something like severely unethical. Okay. <laughs> and that she was sort of connected to that story. So I followed her. I mean, we, we just started talking like any any time I could talk to her on the phone. Like she wanted to talk to me all, all the time to mm. sort of persuade the, the direction of the story I was working on. And I and she told me she had, you know, she had some information that I could only get from her. That was my first sort of exposure to this group. So odd. So you were drawn in and then started realizing someone, I believe it went, someone else told you, wait, she's in a cult. You know that, right? Yeah, it was like a month into the story or a month into my contact with Katie. Somebody, I was running something by a lawyer in Kenai, Alaska, which is right by where this cult started. Uh And... I was saying we were like kind of arguing about something like jurisdiction of this case or something. And I, I, I told him like, well, well, Katie told me this. And he was yeah. like, do you know, like, do you know about the cult she's in? <laughs> and he told me a little bit about it, but I just didn't believe it. Like it sounded too strange. Like I knew mm-hmm. she was religious. She talked about God all the time. She talked about this uh, church in the middle of nowhere. Like I, it, it, it was the same to me as if he would have said, like, she's like training to join the CIA or something. As far as like I was would have believed the story. Like I just didn't think. And I guess like I didn't know anything about cults at the time, really. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It brushed with your life. So, so when I was listening to your interview on the Cult Vault podcast. One of the things I took away from that exchange with Katie was that you felt an experience of being coerced. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, I mean, I mean, right away off the bat, when I started listening back to my tapes with Katie, knowing that she was in a cult, I was looking for instances where she talked about the church. Like, that was all I was really looking for, or talked yeah. about God, to see if there was anything that would be revealing in there. And it okay. was like... In our very first conversation, there was this thing, like I had been, I had been doing like a, a bunch of research on cults and reading all these stories and yeah. um, talking to psychologists and stuff. And when I went back, like in the, in the very first tape with, with Katie, she says something, I think I, just, I mentioned it briefly earlier, but it's like, it's mm-hmm. basically like, I have all this information for you. It's you've been looking for it forever. Like I'm the person who knows it. You're never going to find this stuff anywhere else. You know, I have, I have the answers. Like, and if I decide I trust, like I will, I will tell you some of this stuff. Basically. That sounds like recruitment too, a little bit. Yeah. I mean, and I just knew like it, I had heard that tape of, of a few times before, but like thinking about it through the sort of like cult lens, Yes. It was like, damn, that's, um, 
that's pretty culty. <laughs> like, <laughs> like a way to, I mean, because that's Straight what all like, cult leaders do. It's like, I'm not saying she's a cult leader, yes. but she knows the sort of the, the, the script at this point is yeah. like, I have, I am, it's what Mark does. Like, I am the answer to God. Like, I'm the only true way to <laughs> God. Like, if you right. want to know God, you got to know me. You know, we're indoctrinated being a cult survivor. We're indoctrinated. We do have to recruit 24 7. So mm-hmm. it's probably on her mind. Maybe she was thinking, this guy sounds like he might be interested or I could make him interested. <laughs> Maybe she was really thinking that. Yeah, I mean, to to me, it's like it's bargaining. Like mm-hmm. it got it got um, more extreme than that when I started listening to tapes like further down the line. Now, the the thing that really like blew my mind was there was a tape where I was talking to Katie and she was asking me all this stuff about my personal life, and I was just kind of like unloading stuff about my personal life, and then like right after that, I was saying something like. You know, I really feel like this, the, all this happening right now and meeting you and this is, this is God. And, you know, this is, the, and I am not a, I'm, a, I'm an atheist. Okay. Um, and then I, I just sort of remembered, like I had this memory of like standing in this yard in Duluth, Minnesota and watching like the wind blow through the leaves and thinking like, this is God. And I, I, mm. I was I was talking to Katie was like the only person I was talking to about this, but she had sort of put that in my head. Like, you know, like all this stuff that's going on, like it's outside of your control, you know, and it Mm -hmm. it made sense. And I've heard that kind of stuff before I was raised Catholic. You know, there's a, there's a pattern to everything and there's a path that God is going to send you on. But that was the only time in my life that I really believed that. And then I stopped thinking that when I, it it slowly receded after I stopped talking to Katie. It was a trick. Yeah. And it it just blew my mind because like I was, it wasn't, I never thought that like my experience was any, in any way, like a, a piece of, I don't know. Like I I thought of, I thought this was like, I got this amazing source, but I didn't think like it was going to, like I was going to be a part of it. And that definitely really changed the calculus of what I wanted to do and publishing stuff about this cult and bringing them down was that it was me and Katie had a personal relationship. We were friends. We talked about all kinds of stuff. There was just really uncomfortable stuff to to listen back on in there. That was where it was kind of like, yeah, this is just like something I'm, I'm going to do now. Wow. So it lit a fire. Obviously, uh, a lot of people don't believe in coercion or mind control. So when you have a direct experience, it's like, you know, the mind can be manipulated. It's in all the books. I was telling you the other day, uh, Frederick Nietzsche, quote, when you look into the abyss, the abyss looks into you. It really comes to mind. You know, you were getting really close to the heart of what was going on there and they knew it. So she might have flipped some script on you and really tried to influence you. It was complicated. And then like once... Me and once Katie, I mean, a couple of years after that, me and Katie got back in touch. She was out of the cult and we, mm. we had a couple conversations sort That's of right. going back into, um, this, this story that Mark, the leader, like knew my girlfriend at the time's name Oh shoot! from when I was talking to Katie, there, there was something weird on the internet that I thought like with some troll that was like posting things and I just had to ask her, I was like, 
did did you ever mention and she's like well yeah you know i might have uh, yeah i guess i did and it was like well yeah you were like why would you ever mention like i'm wow. I, I, obviously you're going to talk about like this guy you're talking to in minnesota who knows all about this story that you're involved with but yeah. like why would it ever be an important detail like like in my personal life she was feeding him info yeah exactly that's spooky yeah it was i get spooky. you mm-hmm. no I, I i know and a lot of people don't understand this is called cults operate in the gray zone they literally try to get away with as much as the law will allow and there's so much there's so much allowance for religious and exception for religious in the laws. And of course that needs to change. Yeah. It, it, sort of crossing those, those paths right there, like that, that sort of collecting of information, like a lot of yeah. cults do this. I mean, like yes. cults are blackmail machines, former members shunning. I mean, and, and this is something like yes. getting information on me is, is like, you know, it's something to sort of control our, Correct. relationship and the narrative correct and that is something that's the reason why i feel like so many survivors of this cult you know why this this thing existed for 20 years before i started mm. breaking that story people would be gone from the group and they wouldn't say a word even if even if their wife was gone even if all their money was gone i mean all, i mean everybody leaves penniless but but i mean these people had like terrible situations they weren't willing to talk about and i i from the few people who have talked, I've really heard about like the fear is placed in you because one of the things this guy does is have you confess all your sexual sins. Even if you don't have people, people were making stuff up to please him because you couldn't sort of, you had to say something. Forced confession. Yeah. And asking yeah. people about their sex lives and getting these information on, on people that like, I have Mark on tape when he's kicking out one of the members that's like, you know, okay. if you, if you say a word, it's over. Like, or if you, if you like speak out against me, like it's over and, and you sort of know what, what that means. He did threaten people with like death, but okay. he, he also just threatened people like you, you speak out like everybody's going to know everything about you. Right. And, and Nexium, I'd like to add Nexium and, uh, Scientology are famous for this. Nexium calls it collateral, and Scientology does it in their clearing sessions, which are all recorded. Incredible, right? What what we give up as cult members is everything, and then we later it can be used against us. It's pretty bad. Well done on that. You're listening to the Frankie Files. FrankieFilesPodcast.com. Uh, let's talk about the property that Mark B. started with uh, ownership, the purchase in Alaska. What is the story of that piece of property? And, you know, through time, so many cults have compounds where they want to separate themselves from society on looking. And this seems to really follow that playbook. Yeah, the compound just totally blew my mind. I, I had no idea what it was like until I stumbled upon a video they, they had made in 2015 of of the land but I, I knew they had this piece of land that they built all these like temporary structures on to be like this this compound slash like work zone for this weird like arch they were making um there were there were, like teepees on the land if you've seen it there's i mean it's yeah. it's, it's strange 
And that was narrated by Peter, right? Yeah, it's narrated by Peter, who now, like, leads the group in Australia. Right, right. Okay. And he's Katie's dad. And and so the, the Alaska property was quite large, and then it was also serendipitous that a oil pipeline was going to go through it so the land value increased and they were able to sell it for a profit yes yes they a huge profit and i think from what i've heard from member or former members who invested in it like you know it was always like a con like Mm. everybody in the church donates we're going to have this space for general it'll stay in the it'll stay in our name for generations and it's like you know it's this investment like we could sell parcels of it and just donate like whatever you whatever the lord has in your heart to give and all these people like donated their savings to this land that went in one person's name yeah and then when it was sold the guy who owned it his his ex-wife got half of it because that was a that thank god it was like they didn't get all the money yeah but um yeah they ended up getting like i mean it sold for millions of dollars and there was another member who sold another parcel of land that was like $2 million or something like that because mm-hmm. the pipeline, like was just buying up everything that was like on these bluffs. That oil money, the oil company, I guess. Ooh, such big dollars. So then I want to go to the ex member you featured on the documentary. Uh, people can see that at body So the man who lost it all, what's his story is pretty intriguing. Yeah, his story is fascinating. It's the first story that I that I really learned about because when the cult story was confirmed to me and it, I knew it was like a real thing because of this journalist in Alaska who who knew of just a just a ton of stuff about this group and she sent me these some some recordings that she had made because she was going to do a story you know seven years ago and that and, was Russia yes and, okay and uh, and her she had this like three-hour interview with this guy who it's like the Rosetta Stone of this story okay because his life is like actively his life is falling apart the, everything in it, in his world is crumbling like at the time of the interview like mm-hmm. he he's talk he's speaking out he's like the only person who's ever talked like gone to a journalist before Oh, wow. um, like he he was just willing to put up a fight against this group and just willing to spill everything. He just started talking. He started okay. releasing all these recordings that he had from the church. Mm. Um, like, and the reason, I mean, his his whole life was on the line. Like, uh, the, they were trying to take all his kids and, and paint him as a child molester. So, mm. um, no, and that was a, a marriage that Mark broke up, correct? Yeah, absolutely. To get his wife? Yeah, to get access to his wife. I think they they kind of wanted the... Uh I think it was useful to have the kids, or they they thought, because they were young and they needed new blood or something like that. So they wanted wanted to have this guy's kids in the group, too. So sad. Yeah, he got custody, but it was a... Yeah, it was a total... It was insanity what was going on with that, that... guy at the time and that was sort of the gateway to the story but the the first time i listened to it i didn't really trust it because i was hearing like all these stories about this guy being a monster okay right the slander had begun from the cult to the ex-member yes 
Got it. Yeah. Because in your documentary, it was quite outstanding. His testimony, you know, you can hear the pain in his voice. Here's a man who gets tapped on the shoulder one day and says, it's your turn, goes into a tent, and his stepfather and the leader of the cult, Mark B., begin to undress him and wash him with their hands in a ritual. My God, his family's there, his money's tied up in the investment, his business. Everything he has is tied up in this thing. Now he's in a coercive moment. Very awkward. Now, Craig, Craig lost it all. Yeah, I mean, he didn't he didn't quite lose it all. Like he 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 fought. He he beat Mark by releasing tapes of of Mark that made it sort of impossible to deny that he was leading a cult with some like sexual perversions Mm -hmm. going on in the in the gospel. And that's how he got his kids back in reality. Well um, done. So, yeah. so he lost his wife and his best friend, all his money, everybody, like all his relationships in um, this community. But he got he he got what he wanted most, and the reason what what he was fighting for, which was his kids. That is a great ending to that story. I'm glad to hear that. That's what happens. Like you said, they entrap these people. They get collateral on them, and they they just go crazy with it. They use it to their yeah absolute end yeah and, and what's incredible too is like if that guy wouldn't have spoken out like okay there are millions of people now well at least like as far as like people who've seen my videos about the, the this group on like tiktok or youtube or whatever like mm-hmm. a, a lot of people know about this story people are interested in the story i'm talking to you like it's yeah. it's something that like is, is generating buzz on the internet. There's a Rolling yes. Stone article coming out soon. All that is because Good. like th- if it wasn't for this guy risking his, everything to speak out, like if that interview didn't exist, like this cult would just be like just have a free license to do whatever they wanted. Oh, Steren, it's so true. You know, behind the one whistleblower stands thousands of people who are getting. Yeah abused right now and it takes so much bravery they you know you just have to be willing to be completely slandered it's terrible those setup this is what they do this is how they go under the radar yeah they force people into silence and i mean he's the he's the reason again why this why this all like i mean there's a lot of steps in this such bravery but but it kind of starts with him like um like saying like i don't care if like what they do to me or or whatever like i'm gonna like he you know he just felt like he he just couldn't he couldn't believe what he'd gone through and i guess like he sort of had an awakening too i mean there's been rumors about this group being a cult forever um or just like a weird kooky religious group um, so like when this was, when this was happening and they were just like turning his life inside out and yeah. he was fired from his job, he lost, and there's all these stories about him. Tell me when Craig went to the police and how he was coerced into doing that. Yeah. So, I mean, I like basically like they were trying to get rid of him or they knew they were going to get rid of him. Like it wasn't some like spur of the moment decision where it's like, we're going to get rid of this guy, take his wife and kids. 
Marks and like mm-hmm. Marks' current wife, they, he did the exact same thing to their marriage. Um, it was it was this plan all along where they you know they put these people in terrible situations. They collected mm-hmm. all this blackmail on them, and this guy was just like Craig was so brainwashed. It, it's just such an extreme story, like sexual confessions that I mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. And Mark convinced him like, oh, that's real bad. Like you need to go and confess to. The police about like this. I won't even like. It's ridiculous. What about what, what you think about while you masturbate? About what you think about while you masturbate? Yes. Which you know, thought crime. Where we're at there, you got to go confess your thought crime to the police. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's it's just like the silliest. Mm-hmm. It sounds ridiculous, right? But this guy already was like fighting to to stay in the group. And he was just, he thought, like, this message was coming from Jesus. Yeah. So yeah. he literally walked into a, a the police department and got the attention of a cop and said whatever he had to say. It must have been, like, the most surreal experience yeah. on earth for that police officer. <laughs> oh, my God. And this is, this is like, cults in a nutshell. We, we do things we would never, ever do if we weren't under such psychological influence. And fear, I would add fear. So let's get into this. Uh, let's talk about washing, okay? I know that you have, in your reporting, you've shown how it's a fundamental part of this sect. Um, it's a religious perversion. It's a ritual. Let's talk about it. What goes on? It's basically this way to molest people that where, where the, the person who's being molested is participating in their own molestation, essentially. Mm-hmm. Like, and they can't say, like, like, there was a guy who tried to report this to the police. Okay. This washing where they strip you naked and wash your whole body and your genitals and yeah. um, then, then you wash them, essentially. He tried to report this to the police and they were like, when they were doing the report, they were really interested and they were like, you know, when did you tell him no? And he couldn't yeah. say, like, that he said yeah. no, because he never did. Because, like, you, there's so much pressure yep. to do this. Yep. So they couldn't file the report because he didn't well, say no. Well, they couldn't press charges, no. hmm I mean, mm-hmm. people are allowed to wash each other's uh, penises or whatever if, they're, mm-hmm. if they say they don't want it or, you know, they, they, okay. they go along with it. And you can't say to the police, well, this is years of coercion or emotional blackmail that got me to the point that I know I can't say no in a situation. I would have the repercussions would be great. You can't say that. They're like, well, that's not my problem. So the washing is, quote, legal if they don't say no. Yeah, it's totally forced. You couldn't you couldn't prosecute. Um, wow, Mark or Gary for that. But um, so, how often does this happen, and are they doing this to the kids? To the well, it's I don't know, like the frequency of it. Like, the, yeah. there's a lot of people don't want to talk about it. Like, the last thing they want to be associated yeah. with is this sex cult that ruined their lives. Yeah. So there's only a couple stories about washing. They they did like they addressed it in this article that came out in Washington. They they talked about like. Well, you, you got to hear the church, Ruthie, the wife of Mark, she's like, they, they bring up washing and she's like, oh, yeah, it's just this like, it's like this baptism thing. And it's not uh, this baptism thing. Like, 
They're the yeah, it's, it's sexual assault. Absolutely. Now the body's in Washington now, so they they picked up and left Alaska. Yeah, it got a little too hot. Like the the story was kind of circulating around town because one of the guys in the group owned this business that was like it was it was sort of like owning an electric company like everybody knew like he installed satellites but in this part of the country like there's no cable like you can't like you're you're not gonna have phone access like satellites are like super super important everybody has one and everybody knew this guy and people that worked for him he was responsible in a lot of ways for this Craig's wife leaving and abandoning her kids and Uh people sort of knew what she had done. Like, like when that case was over and she was just like completely absent from like the previous life she had. And, and there was sort of like all this, um, I mean, it it never like broke as a story. It never hit like the newspaper in town, Mm. but people were gossiping about it and it made it sort of untenable for leadership. Because that's who there, there are some people that were getting right. that that rightly were getting like blamed for it, and they moved to Hawaii. The whole group moved to like resettled in Kauai um, in like 2016 through 28 or through most of 2018. Wow! And I know like the 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 biggest mystery of the story is what was going on in Hawaii because. I talk. I talked to people who were in Hawaii when they were in Hawaii. I've heard some stories from children who were raised in the group. There's, there's one like the first like child rescue was in Hawaii. You're listening to the Frankie Files, FrankieFilesPodcast.com. That they they were just like they were unpopular with the community. I don't know what it what happened. I know nothing about it. Nikiski is a small town, so I'm sure, like, if he's going and in installing satellite in everyone's house, he's <laughs> acting strange or talking strange, and the words get out, and then the gossip gets out. Wow, I can only imagine. So they, like you said, uh, they can't really go to the grocery store in Nikiski anymore, huh? Well, I well, I guess, like, I think the situation now that sort of is going on in Tanasket is like now they can't go to the grocery store. Oh, with like, Washington. But like I think like calling the cops was not like a total and calling the FBI was not a total bust, even though it was extremely yeah. frustrating because <laughs> you just have these situations. Like I guess with the FBI, like I was I was trying to get them all these recordings because I had all these recordings of Mark. Yeah. From that members had recorded of him death threat. Outrageous. And you had proof. Yeah, yeah. And I wanted it was like, hey, you know, these yeah. these people own they, they have companies and mm-hmm. they, they there's all this money and but they just wouldn't give me anywhere to send like yeah. I, I couldn't send like a, a recording to the FBI, even if it had Mark saying he was gonna blow up the White House. Like they just it doesn't matter what uh what he said on so it was, I mean, it was a very frustrating experience. There's so the thing they seemed to close in on the local police when you sent them was the missing child. 
Yeah, it was just like missing persons. It was yeah. a, there was just like a lot of like suspicious stuff about there the is. addresses and nobody had seen this. There was like no digital footprint of this person at all, mm -hmm. other than like some like dummy profile on Facebook that evaporated the second I messaged it. There was just all kinds of stuff. There was this phone number, like her phone number rang to this guy who was like an African immigrant. And when I called him and asked for Carrie, he was like, man, I get these phone calls all the time. Like, I got to change my number. I, I thought like she might be like gone. Wow. So you're looking at disappearing people at that point. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's what I was not... most concerned about. Oh, that's a huge concern. What is this whole sovereign citizen aspect of the body? What yeah, does that, that entail? That's really new. The sovereign citizen thing is like this new development with the body. I mean, so it's a, a right-wing extremist, yeah. no government. Libertarian, maybe? It's a, it's a maybe? conspiracy theory, essentially. Okay. And, okay. and Mark is really into conspiracy theories. I think the reality is that, that they, they, I know they adopted this when they were in Hawaii. That wasn't a part of the Alaska okay. body experience. Basically, just this way to find people who are, like, fed up with the government. I mean, they have all these, like, these lawsuits. I mean, sovereign citizens are sort of famous for, like, cutting up their IDs, making their own license plates yes. and stuff. Like, literally, like, separating, like, I am no longer a U.S. citizen. I am a sovereign yes. citizen in the United States. And, and my mom, after I was talking to her the other day about this, and she said she got approached right before she went to the cult where we went, so this was in the 70s, and someone said that she should become a sovereign citizen and keep a silver dollar in her pocket. This was part of, you know, the legal trickery to get out of answering as a U.S. citizen. Very strange. I have no idea, like, any more of it, but that's a strange aspect because they're literally trying to skirt the law. And it's, okay. it's like, it's a fantasy. It's a way to not, to, to avoid all laws. I mean, it makes sense why these guys would believe this stuff or why it appeals to them. I think the, what, what's most important about the sovereign citizen thing is it's way easier to get people in um, these dark red parts of the country to, to recruit people with oh. the sovereign citizen thing than it is to recruit people by being like, hey, this guy is like the son of God. You so this is adding to the recruitment tools. I think it's totally a recruitment thing. I think that's how it started. Uh-huh. I'm seeing that. Okay, okay. Well, who is Chris C? He's the guy who got arrested. Uh, he's the guy video. who calls his kids property a bunch of times in that video. And he's got property in his name now as part of the cult. Yeah. Okay. And he had a okay. business, like, in that video, the the land of the body that I yes. that I had on YouTube, you know, it talks about, like, the companies that were owned by the body, members of the body, whatever, different names they adopted over the years. And mm -hmm. the last thing that's talked about is, like, this, this guy has this thing called Sage Mountain in Washington. And I just know, like, I mean, I, I had more more nuanced thoughts about it in the in the video, but you know, it's there, there's just no way this is legitimate business, like no way. 
Now, Siren, you brought up a good point. You you articulate through your various reports the many names and shell companies they've used since inception. Yeah. That includes Sought Out. Veritas. Okay. And then, yeah, the Sage Mountain. I guess the, the, the thing about Sage Mountain that, that's really nuts about Chris's company is, like, when Chris saw that video, the company dissolved, like, instantly. Like, it was just gone. Like, I got an email, like, somebody somebody on the internet, this is just one of these things, like, just being connected to people on the internet. Like, mm-hmm. somebody alerted me to that, like, right after it happened. Like, oh, yeah, that company is, like, gone. Amazing. And this is definitely a thing that happens in cults. You know, when it gets too hot, they change their name. Oh, yeah. It's like, it's like you're not trying to avoid anything, are you? If you talk to new members, like, like I call the cult the body. They're called the cult. They're called the body because that was what they were going. That's what they are in like court reports and police reports. Okay. But like, if you, if you talk to somebody who from Tenasket who like went to their church or whatever, they would have no idea what you were talking about. If you said the body, I mean, the the name changes like every time they, Mm -hmm. something, something happens basically. And I'm sure like, I don't I mean, I honestly don't know how they get out of the situation that's going on right now, but if they do, like, they'll have some other name. Yep, yep, absolutely. And what is the Australian front going by? I have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> the Australian thing is really, like, I think when it comes down to it, it's, it's, a, it's a wild goose chase to get people who stuck out who would maybe be problems for the group in Washington, like just out of the picture. Uh-huh. Like people find out this woman left her six kids behind, including a two-year-old. They're going to like, they're going to be upset with that. Like, and then Peter is just like, he sticks out like a sore thumb. The Australian like, guy in video. The, yeah. He's got that thick Australian accent. And um, that's Katie's dad. Yeah, and he's just like obviously not from. He's, he's not from. You, you, if you put him in Washington, it would be weird. There, there actually are Australians in Washington, of course, but he's the guy too who, like, if he wouldn't have made that video of the land, like, I don't think they'd be in this situation right now. Like that okay. was like, a huge break um, to to actually okay. have like footage that came from like inside the group. Yeah. He's made other documents and he, you know, he writes emails. He still has a Facebook account. Like this guy just loves to talk and be social. And he's dangerous for the cult. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, he's like the ambassador. I think Mark saw him as a liability Mm -hmm. and thought, you know, why don't you go back to Australia? And I mean, other (laughs) members have told me that there was a plan all along to start new bodies yeah. Um, and spread spread this thing all over the place. I mean, it, who knows? Like, I mean, it's it, it, everything is so secretive. Like, they, they could have, you know, some sect in Connecticut or something. Like, I have no idea. Right. But uh, it sounds like it. Mm-hmm. But having yeah, having this group on the other side of the world, like, I really think like I, I the stories I hear about them and the information I get about that Australian branch is like. It just sounds like like this Don Quixote, like, I don't know. It's it's wild. Are you now more convinced than ever that cults are dangerous after all your work on this particular cult story? 
Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, I guess it's not even just this particular story as much as it is just like just immersing myself in the world of these stories. Like on, on my website, there are like a ton of stories about cults that have ab- the, the, nothing to do with the body. When I actually started doing research and finding out about what, what made a cult a cult and just, just realized like I had this profound moment of knowing I knew nothing to start mm-hmm. from that turned into, you know, just this, like, I, I need to, I need more information, like however I can get it. And now I, I know how like horrible these organizations are and that they're just like everywhere. When yeah. I first started researching this, I had this idea cause I was doing a magazine. I was doing an article about um, cults or like local cults in, in Minnesota and my mm-hmm. first thought, I was like, I wonder if there's ever been, like, another cult in Minnesota. Okay. Like, that's how little I knew about it. Like, of course, like, there's every, <laughs> in every state and every, like, everywhere, there are, like, force of control. If you would have asked me about cults before I, I went down this journey, I would have been like, yeah, you know, there was that one in the 60s with Charles Manson, and then that right. one in the 70s where all people drank flavored. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, that would have been like, just like the hits. And that was like, that, I thought that was just, that is the universe of cults. Crazy thing that happens once a decade or something. That's um, what most people think, Saren. I think that is what most people think. <laughs> like I get comments on my videos sometimes that was like, there was a cult in Alaska. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, like there's, there's a cult in Alaska right now and these guys aren't even there. And these religious freedoms, you know, I remember when the AG raided the cult I was in and the leader said, we're fighting for religious freedoms. They're persecuting us and spun it. You know, she was accused of bribery, spun it to the fact that the government is persecuting the cult. Mm -hmm. Okay, that is part of the religious freedom laws certainly enable these people to operate in the dark, course members, change their lives, take everything they can, their resources, their family, and move on to the next person. It's incredible. Yeah. And, and you're now, I mean, you're, you know, thank you from me, a cult kid to you. Thank you so much, Sarah. It means so much to us to have a person like you in our corner. Well, yeah, I really appreciate it. I mean, it's like. Um, thank you. I guess, like, if it if it, it was sort of like an emotional, it, it became like I don't know. It's 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 not like a story to me, I guess, and it's not a story to anybody who really like dives into this stuff. I mean, the, right. the more you know, the more you just like see. You, you look at your own the history of like your own relationships, and um, you know, just understanding like just the coercion. And, and through this process, I've gotten to talk to so many survivors and hear their stories. And I've got a couple like articles up survivors wrote or like, you know, mm-hmm. interviewing uh, Patrick Ryan or the I Got Out people. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you're hearing like survivor stories and that sort of made it like jump off the the page for me yeah. as when. Like when I was actually like talking to people and hearing their stories and just like having my mind blown in a thousand pieces, you know. It's like you went from journalist to journalist activist. Yeah, yeah. You you were so inspired. That's great. And it is it is harrowing, you know, like look at how much courage it takes to one for one person to speak out. 
they're surrounded by psychological pressure, threats, coercion. They sometimes people just don't believe this stuff, or there's oh, I know there's <laughs> um there's also just like this like really crazy idea that a lot of people have when they hear about a cult that is like just these like cow-eyed fools. Correct. Or, 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 or people that want to be abused or something like that. And that propaganda keeps us silent because we don't want to be looked down upon by society. Mm-hmm. Those who, of us who survived. Like, like what you're doing is braver than what I'm doing because this is, to me, this like, you know, I, I didn't like lose a lot of sacrifices in, in, in doing this for such a long time. Not- I didn't live it. I understand. So it's like it's it's so much. There's a real bravery to like what you do and getting this information out there that like I just won't know. I think you're touching on it though quite a bit, Siren. Thanks for that comment. Uh, But you know, like from my own experience, like 35 years of silence was killing me. I could no longer do it. Mm -hmm. And and yet I look at this, and I haven't yet connected with people who survived my cult. It hasn't really come out Morningland church it will you know i'm going at it four months in here but but i'm telling you the fear has kept every one of the members from my church silent that shows you the lack of information shows you the fear and coercion that's been placed upon each person the thank you you said you made it so clear the body's been going around for 20 years with the same tactics, the same, you know, thuggery, I'd like to say. Yeah. And all of those people are quiet. There's a reason that they're quiet. They were too afraid to lose everything or to be destroyed socially. You know, there's so many ways to destroy a person. So, like, that's their main tactic. That's how they get away with it. And so, yeah, information is power. Yeah, and I think, like, these people, too, like, in the body, for instance, like, like they know what happened to the guy who, like, yeah. spoke out. Right. They, I mean, they carry around, like, these documents to tell people about how he's a child molester, like, to this day. Like, mm-hmm. people in Washington have seen that stuff who don't even know anything about this guy or, you know, anything. Straight like, slander. It's, like, it, it just keeps on going and going. Like, they, they'll never be satisfied. Um mm. Mm. And that's sort of like, like you leave the body now and you think about that guy's story. It's like maybe talking isn't like a good thing, but it is like, yeah, it, it's such it's such an important thing to every time there's a story out there. It really just changes the perception of Leia Remini, you know, inspired a lot of people by coming out about Scientology. She finally said, you know, where is the leader's wife? The police won't file a missing persons report. And I'm concerned. That's what started her. And still to this day, everyone's like, where's Shelly? Okay, so they're real life consequences for these cults. People think of them as entertaining or weird or only stupid people join cults. But the fact is, these tactics are used by multiple groups, whether they're uh, sororities, you know, fraternities, military groups. There's all kinds of groups that can turn on a person. And it is hard. And when you see someone speaking out, like Daniela Mastanyak, who I had on my show a couple weeks ago, you know, she's speaking out from two cults, Children of God and the military. 
mm-hmm. where she was sexually abused in both. And the rape culture is in both. So, yeah, the bravery of people to finally just go, look, man, you got to know what's been happening. I got to get this off my chest. We can live any longer with the, with the, the pain, basically, you know. You know, the scales in front of you, pain versus destruction of my life. I'll take destruction of my life for 2000, Alex. <laughs> I can no longer live with this shit. So, yeah, no, you're, you're on the right channel. And I really, really applaud your work. I think it's going somewhere. What are your plans now? That's the next thing I want you to tell my listeners. But please take the time to tell us all the things you've got going and what's hot on the burner and where they can see these things. I mean, the it's really right now about, like, keeping the momentum up. But a lot of this story is, like, outside of my hands. Like, the the idea when I created this website was to make something that people, other journalists, would write about. That would get covered, you know, having people mm-hmm. on the Internet. Like, I listened to a podcast yesterday that I'd never heard before where it was people talking about the body, um really it, it was like this wellness podcast thing and it was like whole like holy shit like that's such God. a cool thing to to exist Yay. and that's like whoever listens to that podcast knows about this thing now so it's just keeping like the internet machine um moving okay and i'm working on an article right now about melissa parker that i'm going to okay i mean it, it should have been done a week ago you know writers and deadlines Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> no, but uh, story on Melissa Parker, who's now in Australia? Or... Yes. Okay, okay. Okay, and where will that appear? On... It's just going to be on my website. I have like, I mean, it's, it's... stories.com. Yeah, or the body INTL. They pretty much go to the same place. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I feel like that's a story that has like people are interested in. And there's like, I have like a three minute TikTok about it. Okay, but, and your TikTok is Siren Warner? Yeah, just Siren Warner, all one word. You know, it's just something that, like, I feel like people need to know, like, that whole, like, that, that story. And I'm just trying to put something together that explains sort of, you know, how, how, how did this woman leave behind a two-year-old and her five other kids, wind up in Australia, and, like, what's going on in Australia? Like, what, mm-hmm. what is that all about? Because I feel like it, it's something that confuses people and it's and, and it's just such a bizarre element to okay this story that I, I just want to have something out there that explains it more but I mean there's always like the next thing I mean if I I, I wish I had like um, like a team of mm. writers or something putting stuff together but you know I just can do the next thing and you know talk to people talk to people like you yeah and you know every time the next thing comes out like there's just a little bit more information and you know people like one thing that's cool about the internet too is that people might get like might see a tiktok video and then go to the and then go to youtube and then go to the website and then like look at what other people are saying like people are interested in cults who are who've never been in cults just because it's sensational there's harm in there to an extent but there's also like just getting people this information if they don't know about cults like you know i mm-hmm. try to put in informative things in there yes about you know about cults where you know the, the, if, if somebody is interested in a cult story they do a deep dive 
and they understand what like the warning signs are of a culture like why this guy is dangerous why there's you know like he's not that unique when you really like peel everything back he does the same tricks like every cult leader does like you know that that person is less likely to ever get involved in a cult they might dip a toe in and then be scared um of what they see and this this isn't right and then you know, maybe maybe you would stop people from going into getting in, involved in this stuff in the first place you're right there is this danger because it's fascinating the charisma the power the group thing you know i can say i experienced things that people have never experienced mm -hmm. in that cult and it destroyed me at the same time you know so it, it is it is like a, a mirror you shouldn't look in too long or uh we are getting out info to prevent it you know that fascination does take people in and that is very effective <laughs> that's that charismatic stuff i'm reading this religion book and it goes all the way back to the beginning of time charismatic leaders convince you to believe things mm -hmm. it's a it's a structure it's one of the structures in religious study charismatic leader so yeah it's it's a realm that's getting more exposed and we owe you and other people like you the gratitude of that we need this to be as common as kids don't talk to strangers exactly i mean i think we we talked about this before we were um mm -hmm. recording or mm -hmm. whatever but i think we both agree that like if they Prevention. just had some you know 30 minutes if you were in social studies in eighth grade and they were like hey this is what coercive control is yeah and like it happens to tons of people this is yeah. what it looks like these are the warning signs like this is like how you have like th these are the tips to that you will see these are you know this is just stuff that that you would notice and here's what you will feel when yeah, someone's talking like, to you yeah and this this is what like other cult survivors you could you could make a 30 minute video or something like that mm -hmm. and and show it on some friday and before the semester is about to end like doesn't critical like, cult theory yeah just like some like just a tiny bit of education yeah. because i mean people like, we warn people about um like domestic violence um yes but like we don't talk about cults and people can under you mentioned this in our pre-chat. People can understand the silence of domestic violence and then they'll say, I love him. They've got Stockholm syndrome. They love their abuser. Okay. It's the same in cults. Yes. It's the same. We are we're answering to our master who we believe is responsible for our soul, our hierarchical uh, achievements, our death, our ascension to heaven or not. They're telling us how to live. They're telling us this is what it boils down to. The person has a lot of power over their congregation. And there's a point when they go too far, and that's when it becomes a cult. You know, it isn't just coming together to worship. It's coming together to <laughs> do whatever they have on their agenda that we never signed up for. And that is where it turns into a cult. So yeah, you're yeah, you're you're really uh, on the right track, my friend. Loving it. Yeah, no, I mean, I appreciate. I mean, whatever I can do to amplify the the story too, like. Well, I'll be yeah. um, giving your updates on my Substack and on this show as they come out. I look mm -hmm. forward to them, 
And so remember people to look at coltstories.com, thebodyintl.com. You can also Google search the body cult. Those are hot keywords now. You can see the video on TikTok. There's a lot to back watch that we didn't cover here. So I would recommend y'all do that. And Siren, thank you so much for being my guest on the Frankie Files today. It's been such a pleasure. No, it's been my pleasure. Like, I, I really appreciate you having me on. If you would like information on cults in the news, please join my new Substack, frankietees.substack.com. Follow me on Reddit at Frankie Tees and on Twitter at Frankie Tees for supplemental discussion. You're listening to The Frankie Files, frankiefilespodcast.com.